0: welcome you this morning to our Senior Commissioning Service. This morning we want to recognize our seniors for all their hard work and all that they've accomplished. And we want to give glory to the Lord as He is worthy, as He guides our steps. Let's sing this together. There's a reason why the curse of sin is broken. There's a reason why the darkness runs from light. There's a reason why we stand here now forgiven. Jesus is alive. And there's a reason why we are not overtaken. There's a reason why we sing on through the night. The reason why our hope remains eternal. Jesus is alive. Praise the King, He is a Praise the King, He's alive. Praise the King. Just Alive. Hallelujah, He's alive and There's a reason why our hearts can be courageous and There's a reason why the dead are made alive and There's a reason why we share this resurrection Jesus is alive 1 Corinthians 15, that death is swallowed up in victory, that the sting of death is sin, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Let's sing this together. We could not ignore it when all of heaven's roaring hell your victory. Death, where is your sting? The world cannot ignore it. When all the saints are roaring, hell, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? They cannot ignore it. When all of heaven's glory. hell, where is your victory? Death, where is your Lord, and not ignoring when all the saints are rolling Heaven is your gift Death, where is your sting? Oh, 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 praise the King. He is risen. Praise the King. He's alive. God, we thank you for a king and a savior in Jesus Christ who has been risen from the dead, who has conquered death. We thank you for that hope that we have in Jesus Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.
1: Hey, church family, my name is Madeline Graham and I graduated from Bird High School and I plan to attend Louisiana Tech and study accounting. Hey, church family, my name is Matthew Howard
2: and I graduated from CE Bird High School. I plan to attend Louisiana Tech University and major in marketing. Go dogs! Hi, church family, my name is Savannah Rayleigh. I graduated from CE Bird High School and I'm going to the University of Louisiana Lafayette this fall to major in graphic design and hopefully get my master's in fashion merchandising.
1: Hey Church family, I'm Zachary Talbert. I'm graduating from Loyola College Prep and I'll be going to University of Arkansas where I'll be studying mechanical engineering. Hi Church family, I'm Angelina Watkins and I went to Loyola and next year I'm gonna
0: to go to College of Charleston and most likely study nursing.
2: What's up Church fam? I'm Cameron Fell and I graduated from Byrd High School. I plan on attending Louisiana Tech University and my major is currently undecided.
1: Hey Church family, I'm Emma Tamplin and I graduated from
0: Bird High School. I plan on attending University of Arkansas next year and studying nursing.
1: Hey Church family, I'm Anna Claire Johnson. I graduated from Loyola College Prep. I plan on attending Colorado State University next year in Fort Collins, Colorado. I plan on double majoring in political science and social work and hopefully minoring in Spanish.
0: I'm Allie Holloway and I'm graduating from CE Bird, and I'll be attending Louisiana Tech in the fall, in majoring in biology, in hopes of pursuing a career in psychiatry.
1: Well, thank you for joining us, and good morning. I want to welcome you to this special service. At our church, then, we've got a milestone map that, that starts as the church partnering with parents to raise their children to know and love the Lord. And the church makes a covenant with parents. And so now on the back end of that commitment to parents, we have the senior commissioning, where we as a church get to launch these seniors out into a world. We get to launch them into the callings that God has on their life as they pursue this in this next season of life. And so I want to welcome you. I wanna thank you for the investment that you've made in these seniors. This class was in sixth grade when I first came here. I've gotten to experience a lot of life with them. I've gotten to do a lot of fun things with them like road trips to Six Flags, where we got many laughs and we got to clean up a few things. I've gotten to experience these, these students choosing a high school these students making decisions to know the Lord and and being there as they've called home to tell parents the decisions that they've made. This is a special group of kids. And I've got a word from the Lord that I want to encourage them with, that I want to commission them with. And just as the word of God speaks to all of us, that this is tailored towards these seniors. But I hope and I pray that, that you would be challenged by this that you'll be encouraged by this as well. So seniors, in the graduating class of 2020, I want to commission you today to be all that God has called you to be. Whatever dreams and ambitions you have, they're far too small. They're far too small for what God has in store for you. The last 17 or 18 years, parents and teachers and mentors, coaches have disciplined and instructed you and guided you to this point. Yeah, some of you have had more discipline than others. Some of you have needed more guiding than others. But it's gotten you to this point. You have faced temptations and trials and failures. You have developed endurance and character and experience. But for this next season of life, you're gonna need to cling to the promises of God that are found in his word. In our passage in Joshua chapter one today, we're gonna look at two promises that God gives us. These two promises are gonna be essential for your success. There'll be a comfort to you in hard times. There'll be courage for you when you're scared, and there will be the assurance that God has a plan for you as he ushers you into the calling that he has for your life. To be successful in this calling, you will have to cling fast to these promises from God's word. If you have your Bible, let's turn to Joshua chapter one, and I'm gonna read verses one through nine. Joshua chapter one, verses one through nine. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness... Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The commission that God was giving to Joshua was laid on the foundation of these two great promises. We see them in verses 5, and we're going to unpack them, but these two promises are wrapped in four commands that God gives. Joshua and the people, they need these commands and they follow these commands to show that they believe the promises. But these commands also help them to continue in the promises, that these commands work in circular motion to to show that they believe and cause them to believe. So we're gonna unpack these two truths and these four commands. Promise number one. When you walk in God's plan, you cannot lose. Let me say that again. That when you walk in God's plan, you cannot lose. That's a promise from God. It comes from verses three through five. This is where I get it. That every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Catch this, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. God's plan cannot lose. And as we walk in God's plan, we can't lose. The book of Joshua begins with this promise of success. And then it ends ultimately in chapter 23, verse 14, that Joshua then goes on to say this to the people of Israel. He says, You know in your hearts and souls that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. Not one of them has failed. Joshua could say from experience what at first he believed by faith, that when you walk in God's plan, you can't lose. It really is that simple. God always keeps his promises. And when you walk in his plans, you can't lose. Let me illustrate it like this. I walked into my college algebra class, my freshman year, University of Oklahoma, and my professor said that the class attendance was not required. He said that homework was not required. He said that our grade would be an accumulation of four tests that we would take throughout the year. Now, hold on. Some of y'all are already getting ahead of me. I made a 100 on the first test. It was easy it was all review i was fully believing the promises of god at this point right that i can't lose but i'll tell you the realities of college sank their cold hard teeth into me as i crawled out of that class with a letter on my transcript that followed the letter c i won't tell you where it followed the letter c but it was after the letter c i called my mom and dad and i said god's plan is not for me to be a math major right we we sometimes act like this and we we think like this we name it we claim it and if it fails then it must not have been god's plan because god's plans can't fail and you're right that god's plans can't fail but we have to be walking in god's plans to not fail you see I didn't do any of the homework. And that math textbook might as well have stayed in the bookstore because I didn't use it. There was no way I was passing that class. I wasn't walking in what I was supposed to be doing. The book of Joshua between the promise and the fulfillment is full of failure. It's full of failure that the people of God failed to walk in God's plans. And because of that, they experienced failure. The book of Joshua teaches us that God's plan is not just about the ends, but it's about the means to the ends. That God wants to use us to accomplish his plan. And as we walk in his plan, we can't lose. So what is the plan of God? Well, the story of the Bible tells us his plan. It tells us that God is redeeming and restoring a people and a place for his glory and our good. That end is assured. God's plans will not fail. But you and I have a role in this. Seniors, you have a role in God's plan. You are the means in which God wants to accomplish His plan. By faith, Jesus Christ in you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, transforming the people and the world around you. Your plans are far too small for what God wants to do in and through you. That God wants to put you in His big plan to redeem and restore a people and a place for his glory. You have a part in that plan. And as you walk in that plan, you can't fail. So how do we walk in God's plan? Well, we walk in God's plan by obeying him. The passage gives us four commands. And if you obey them, then they will keep you walking in God's plan. Let me say that again, we've got this promise and then we've got these four commands that if we'll obey these commands, they will keep us walking in God's plan and God's plan can't fail. So let's look at these four commands. Command number one, stand up for what is right and true. This comes out of verse six. This says, be strong and courageous. Seniors, this world needs a people who will use their voice to stand up for what is right and true. There will be a voice for those that don't have a voice. There will be a voice for those whose voices aren't heard. We need to stand up for what is right and true. Some of you have already faced persecution for your Christian beliefs. Some of you have already faced ridicule from friends for what you believe, but some of you haven't. You need to be ready to stand up for what is right and true. I remember freshman year sitting in my ethics class and the decision to stand up or not was right in front of me. You will be faced with that decision. Will you stand up for what is right and true or will you sink back Take the easy road. Find a way out. Stand up for what is right and true. Be strong and courageous. God has called you to that. He's commissioned you to that. And we have a command to obey. Number two, choose your friends wisely. This comes out of verse seven, where God commands Joshua and the people of Israel to not turn to the right or to the left. We have a command to not turn to the right or to the left. So why would I say choose your friends wisely? As I've talked with different college students over the past couple weeks and a couple days, then, then I've asked them about the friends that they choose. I've asked them about what was the biggest influence about what you did your freshman year, and they all said it was my friend's. The friends that you choose will influence you to the right and to the left. You have a choice. You're going into a college campus where there are hundreds if not thousands of people in which you can choose who you want to be friends with. You get the opportunity to choose the people who will influence you. Choose them wisely. The community that you surround yourself with will be the determining factor of where you go and where you spend your time. It will determine how you think, how you speak, and what you do. The writer of Proverbs often talks about that, that the friendships we have are the biggest influences in our life. Tim Keller goes so far as to say that the author of Proverbs says that if you can't make and keep good friends, you can't succeed at life we have a command to choose wisely those who will influence us so that we do not turn to the right or the left. As you make new friends in this new season of life, think about the influence that these people will have on you. Many people talk about the friendships that they make in college as lifelong friends. These are friendships that that you forge. These are the people that will be in your wedding someday these are the people that have influence on you that will become your coworkers that will become your business partners these are your friends for life how will they influence you how will you influence them choose wisely your friendships the command that we see third comes out of verse 8 and it's to know and obey the bible Seniors, this is a simple command. It's so simple to know and obey the Bible. Joshua said that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. There was no place in the life of Joshua or the people of Israel that the word of God didn't have influence over or shouldn't have influence over That the word of God should be known to you. It should be sweet to you, as the psalmist says, like honey on your lips. That the word of God should be the comfort to you in times of trouble. That you should know the word of God so that you might do the word of God. Because knowing plus doing equals success. You have a command from God to know his word you have a command from God to obey his word. Number four, the command that we see here is that that we have a command to resist the temptation of fear and discouragement. This comes out of verse nine, which says, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. I love that this is included in here and I think it just shows the wisdom of God. That as you try to live this life and walk this path, As you try to walk in the plans of God, you will often face the temptation of fear. You will often face the temptation of discouragement. You'll face those temptations because you know your own limits, you know your own inabilities, you also know your own failures. You know that you've tried to resist sin. You know that you've tried and tried and tried and you've failed. And discouragement is right at your doorstep. Fear is always lurking to prevent you from taking another step for the Lord. These things will prevent you from walking in the path and plan that God has for you. They will prevent you from doing great things for God because you won't even try, because you're afraid or you're discouraged. God gives us a command in this passage to resist that temptation. You know that that temptation's coming. Many of you have probably already experienced it. But that's why it's so important that as we have these temptations and these doubts and these fears and this discouragement, as we know that we failed over and over and over again, God gives us this second promise. That's why it's so important for us to cling to both promises of God that promise number two that God gives us is that God will never leave you or forsake you. God will never leave you or forsake you. No matter how many failures, no matter how many times you've tried, God will never leave you or forsake you. Now, that's a hard promise to cling to. Because we don't know of any other love quite like that. We always think that there could be something that would be so repulsive that would be so afflicting that it might cause someone to turn on us. But God gives us the promise that he will never leave you or forsake you. Now, some of you may say, well, that was just a promise to Joshua. But let me just recount to you, continuing all throughout the Bible, that the people of God, God gives this promise that we have the confidence to pursue great things for God because we know that God will never leave us or forsake us Matthew 28 verse 20 says this after Jesus commissioned his disciples to go and make disciples of all nations and to baptize them and to teach them then he says this to them and behold I am with you always even to the end of the age that they will never be left they will never be forsaken He will be with them even to the end of the age. The author of Hebrews says it like this after quoting this passage out of Joshua chapter 1. Then in Hebrews 13, verse 6 says this, So we can confidently say, because God will never leave us or forsake us, We can confidently say that the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? We will never be left. We will never be forsaken. But I think maybe the best way to help this really hit home for us is what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39. It's a long passage, stick with me because it's so good. We see both promises from God right here in verse 31 through 39. God will never leave you and he will never forsake you in Jesus Christ, our Lord. God's plan wins and we are more than conquerors through Christ. How? Because there are no circumstances that can separate us from the love of God in Jesus, our Lord. Seniors, as you go into your various colleges, As you go into the various callings that God has on your life, there are two promises that you will need to cling fast to. Number one, that when you walk in God's plans, you can't fail. And number two, no matter how many times you've failed, God will never leave you or forsake you. Graduating class of 2020, have faith. Hold fast to these promises and obey these commands. And you too will say with experience that not one of the good things which God has promised has failed. According to the Bible, success is always measured by obedience. Obey the commands of God, cling fast to his promises, and you'll do incredible things. You'll be a part of redeeming and restoring a people and a place for God's glory. Let's pray. God, for these seniors, would you remind them of your grace towards them in Christ? Lord, as they go out to accomplish fantastic things, things which they can't imagine, Lord, as you put them in places and encounter them with people that Only you could dream up. God, I pray that they would hold fast to your word, that they would be doers of your word, that they would be diligent to obey, that you would give them faith. Would you help them to walk in the plans which you have? And would you help them to remember that they are never alone and that you will never forsake them? We ask in Jesus' name, amen.
0: up on Calvary's Hill, lifted up. On Calvary's Hill, we cursed your name. And even still, you bore our shame and paid the cost. Oh God, we thank you for the cross. Behold the lamb. Behold the lamb, the story of redemption written on his hands. Jesus, you will reign forevermore. The victory For every sin our Savior died The Lord of life can't be contained Our God has risen from the grave Sing it out Oh, our God has risen from the grave Bow before the King of kings O God, forever we will sing Sing, Behold the Lamb, let's sing this Behold the Lamb, the story of redemption Written on His hands Jesus, You will reign forevermore The victory is yours, behold, behold the Lamb, the story of redemption written on His hands, Jesus, you will reign forever.
2: Thank you so much for worshiping with us today, especially if you're a guest. We thank you for joining us online, and we actually look forward to the day that you can physically come and worship with us as well. But we want to help you get connected, and to help you do that, we just ask you to simply send us a text. If you will send a text, send NFCC guest to the number 97000. And uh, we'll reach out to you and and get in touch with you and just help you get connected. And we want to give you a lot of resources that that are available to you online that will really help you grow in your faith uh, during this time that we're in right now. So we hope you'll text us again, guests to 97000. Well, now I'm excited or kind of sad also to uh, share with you some big news. We have... uh, this recording that Jared just did, this message in our building, this was the last message that we will have in this original worship center. Um, the reason being that this week, while uh, we were after we recorded this, they began working on renovating this side of the church. They've begun tearing it out, so I'm sure now it looks a lot different that While you're listening to this, than it does right now as I'm recording it. But because of all that's going on with the craziness, with the, with COVID-19 and all that, uh, let me just simply say that our goal is that the next time we meet together will be in the New Worship Center. And when we come together, our children will be in their new children's ministry building. So we're super excited. Uh, if you haven't driven out here in a while, I just encourage you to drive by. And it's starting to actually look like this. It's beautiful. Uh, super excited about the progress we've seen uh, on the construction. Uh, they actually kind of had a pretty decent-sized crew that's been working through the construction. Uh, and they, we finally just said, look... Instead of us coming back in piecemeal like this group's of 50 or however the government's going to tell us to do it, why don't y'all just go ahead and get a full crew out here and get this renovation done as fast as you can. And they say that they're going to try to have it. They think they can have it done by May 31st. Whether we're meeting here at May 31st or the following week, June 7th, I don't know for sure yet. We'll keep you updated in the sermons and the recordings and the emails coming to you. Uh, in the not-too-distant future. But whether the government says that we can meet or not, we're just telling you, we're going to do uh, televised sermons like this until all the buildings are completed, which we hope will be May 31st, possibly June 7th, but we'll keep you posted. So it's really exciting. Keep praying. Keep uh, honoring your commitments and your giving. It's been a great blessing to see us get to this point. Uh, But bottom line, we'll do video worship until we meet again after the government gives us the go ahead and after the building is completed which hopefully will be may 31st maybe june 7th but we'll keep you updated uh now finally um we, uh, with, with mixed mixed emotions as well, we want to send off James and Emily Wilkerson and their family, their beautiful family. Uh, James got the, the job as head coach down in Natchitoches, which is where uh, Emily is originally from, and so I know they're excited to be down there, but we just want to uh, send them off well with prayer. As you know, as as we, we always try to do, that when a family moves or goes somewhere, we feel like they're missionaries, that God has placed them here for a while we were able to invest in them with gospel teaching and we see them as missionaries going down to natchitoches uh, to spread the gospel down there so just keep them in your prayers and let me just close us with prayer for them and for our future as well father god we thank you so much for this wonderful family that we have enjoyed becoming dear friends with for for years we thank you for james and emily and their sweet children, Lord. We look forward to what you're going to do in them and through them as they are moved, as you've moved them down to the Natchitoches area. And Lord, we pray your many blessings on them. Lord, we pray that they will be a gospel light in that community, that you will just be a great blessing in their life. And Lord, as we look ahead to the the building opening up and being able to hopefully soon regather together physically as a church body, would you just... Uh, protect the workers that are working on the building, keep them safe, give them great success as they try to expedite this process to get the renovation done as well as the new construction done as soon as possible, Lord. We pray that you'll enable us to be in here as soon as we possibly can. And we thank you for your provision. We are so excited to see what you're going to do in the days ahead. And we pray, God, that you'll raise up a mighty church here, that you'll bring many people to this church. Not so that we can build our kingdom here, but because we want to equip the saints to spread the gospel and to build your kingdom from neighbors to nations. All for your glory. And it's in Christ's glorious name we pray. Amen.